Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Guys, this has been so exciting to be in this series, The Power to Change, because many of us have already started to recognize in, in this series as we've been praying together to see change, we're already seeing incredible changes in our lives. In fact, there's been many different stories that are already starting to come up where in our different small groups and our classes where we're doing 40 days of prayer, people have been specifically praying for items and, and then it takes place. And, and in fact, we want to start sharing those things. There was a woman, and I'm going to get into her story in a couple of weeks, but there was a woman who just got real honest with her group, and we said, what is something you need to pray about? And she said, guys, I need a car. I need a car desperately. And, and her group got together and prayed for a car, and within 24 hours, there's an organization in our city who selected her because she's a veteran and gave her a vehicle. 24 hours later. And see, it's important that, that when we ask God for things and he answers that, that we share our stories, we give that testimony because that increases the rest of our faith. And that, that gives us a little more confidence and a little more boldness to ask God for things. So I wanna encourage you as you've been praying for things and you start seeing God change your circumstances and, and answer your prayers, we wanna encourage you to start sharing those stories with us. In fact, you can email me here on our church website, dan at fellowshipg. We would love to have your stories so that we can share these stories and grow in our faith together as a church. But I don't know about you, though. Sometimes it can be frustrating when you're praying for God to change a circumstance and you start recognizing, wait a minute, God's not changing my circumstance. What he's doing is he's changing me. Because I feel like that's been uh, kind of something that's gone on in my life a little bit as I'll pray, God, would you fix this or fix that or, 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 or fix this business situation? And as I'm praying about it, I start recognizing God starts changing me. He's working on me. He's working on the way that I'm thinking about things, the way I'm seeing things. Like uh, I talked last week about the fact maybe you're not even comfortable sinning the way you used to sin. You're not uncomfortable in the same environments you used to be in. Why? Because God is changing you. He's changing the way we think. How many of you are experiencing right now, you're praying for change and God might not be changing the circumstance, but he's changing you. The guys, this is so important that we recognize this is that God cares more about what's going on in our heart, on in our heart than what's going on in our outside circumstances. But there's good news though, is I'm not saying that we only see God work on the inside because he also works on the outside. He, he, he does powerful things where he changes circumstances. He breaks us out of things. And, and it's so exciting to see how God will move on our behalves. And today uh, I, I'm going to continue in this series where we're going to look at a story where God drastically changed the circumstances for a group of men who, who were praising him together and worshiping him together. So to, part four today is the power of our praise. So would you pray with me before we dive into this? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love. And I pray that right now as we get into your 
your word. You would just speak through me. God, that there wouldn't be any distractions, that there'd be no hindrance to what you want done in this place. But God, forgive us of our sins and meet with us now. We pray that um, we would be people who change today the way that you want us to. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Well, I want to take a look at a story in the book of Acts, chapter 16. In the book of Acts, we see that there are two men by the name of Paul and Silas, and they were preaching the gospel. They were teaching people how they could have a relationship with Jesus. And in doing so, we find that they ended up in prison. They ended up in a really bleak situation. They were, they were being tormented in chains, in prison, facing being beheaded in the near future. And this is where we see that here's a group of good guys trying to do the right thing and yet they find themselves in a bad situation. I mean, don't you know that to be true sometimes? Have you ever done that where you're striving to do the right thing? I'm striving to teach my family to love God. I'm striving to teach my kids. I'm striving to be a good husband. I'm trying really hard to do the right thing and yet you still find yourself in some sort of difficulty in some sort of trouble. And many times the trouble and the difficulty doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. It, it, it just means that, that you're growing, that you're changing. Because actually it's the, the absence of conflict many times reveals to us that there's an absence of growth. So sometimes if you're feeling like, oh, everything's easy, there's, there's no difficulty, I wonder if we should look at ourselves and say, are we just sitting in the comfort zone where there's no change and there's no development? Because when we see development, we see change, sometimes it comes with difficulty. So I'm here to encourage you today that if you would say, man, I feel like I'm trying to do things right, but I keep running into one problem after another, one difficulty after another, the good news and the encouragement is your God is with you and he's walking with you through this change. And it might be difficult, but, but you're gonna see this change come through. This work that he began in you, he's gonna carry it out to completion. So we see Paul and Silas, they're having a bad day. And maybe you had a bad week, but I, I doubt you're in prison, chained to a guard, facing beheading the next day. I mean, th this is a pretty bad situation. I want to pick up in the story, these two men who find themselves here in Acts chapter 16, starting verse 25, says, about midnight, let's stop there. <laughs> Why? Because sometimes when your night is at the darkest is when your praise needs to be at its very loudest. When you feel like, I can't see, I, I, I don't see an escape from this. Things feel heavy, they feel dark. That's when your praise needs to be at the loudest. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Don't you know that the world listens and cares a lot more to the words that come out of the mouths of Christians, not when things are going good, but when things are going bad? When you're in a dark situation, that, that's when the world opens their ear to see how are you gonna respond to this? How, how are you gonna act here? And, and the, the Bible says that all the other prisoners there were listening to them. So it says, the prisoners were listening to them. Verse 26, suddenly there was a, such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose everyone's change came loose. Why? Because your praise is so powerful that when God frees you from whatever he's gonna free you from, other people can get free just because they're in the proximity of your praise. Do you recognize, you, 
You can be the one in your family where you're praising God and, and, and expecting him to bring you breakthrough. And just because you're praising him, and he comes in and breaks the chains off you, but he doesn't just break the chains off you. He's breaking them off your kids as well. He see, you're seeing change happen in other people's life because we're being faithful to praise him. Man, it's important to get close into the proximity of those people who praise. Because, I mean, you could be coming into church on Sunday and it's so important, it doesn't matter where you're sitting in the room. If you're, if you're real comfortable and you're down front or if you're in the back, it's important that we're praising because the person next to you might be getting free and they might not have even wanted to get free. You know, there's people that come in this room today like, I'm here today because my wife made me come. <laughs> like, like, I recognize it and we're so glad you're here. That's wonderful. But maybe the person sitting next to you doesn't even want to be here. But as you're praising, say, God, you deliver us and you've won the victory for us. Like now all of a sudden the chains are coming free off of every person in this room. Why? Because when we praise, God moves on our behalf. When we praise, we see change on our behalf. And it's not just for us, it's for the people around us, people who weren't even expecting to get free. Everyone's chains came loose and the jailer woke up. When he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're still here. See, when you praise God and you start recognizing what he's already done for you and you're thankful for the fact that he's forgiven you of so many things, that he's faithful to you when you're not faithful to him, when that really comes into your perspective and you see what God has done for you, you can't hold a grudge against your enemies anymore. I mean, they, they could have easily just like turned their back on this jailer and bailed out of there. I mean, the, the, he was tormenting them. But God gave him a heart for this jailer to, to stop him from hurting himself because they started recognizing, wait a minute, we were doomed and yet God saved us. How in the world can I turn and have a grudge against someone else? By praising God, it starts to give you a heart for your enemies. It starts to give you a heart for those people that have hurt you in the past. I'm not saying it's gonna be easy, no, but it, it certainly changes our perspective. And it says the jailer called for lights and rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? My gosh, this is powerful. Do you see that, that the people who were the enemies of the children of God, as they witnessed their love and their praise and their prayer during a difficult time, it made them go, I, I want what you have. And there are people right now who are watching you and who know that you have a relationship with God. And as you continue to praise God and you continue to trust him, even when times are scary, do you realize other people can start to look at you and go, man, I want what they have. What must I do to be saved? Church family, I hope you understand that your praise is powerful. That is so incredibly powerful. We look at this story and really, I, I kind of, when I look at this text, I take a step back and I think, what, what would that day have been like in hell? When, when the devil sat down and had his board meeting with a, a bunch of demons around him, and he's like, wait, guys, so wait, you're telling me that there were Christians who were praising God even though things were bad for them? Like, because we got them locked up. We got them almost shut up. They're in prison. They're facing beheaded. They're being tormented. Their circumstances are bleak. It's like, you're telling me that even though things weren't going right, there were Christians that started praising God? 
Don't you recognize that the enemy is trying to get us to not use our mouths in difficulties to praise? He's trying to get us to complain. It, it, he fully expects that if he can just get us discouraged enough, if, if the circumstances become, can become difficult enough that we'll stop praising our God, that, that we'll stop connecting with the fact that, that, that we're singing out the very fact that God is powerful enough to change us. He's powerful enough to move us forward, to sustain us. He said, wait, yeah, obviously a Christian can praise God when things are going good, but can you praise God when things aren't going good? We can praise him when there's been a healing, but can you praise him when you're still sick? You can praise him when there's been breakthrough in your finances and you got the job, but, but can you praise him when you're still broke? See, it's, it's real easy for us to, in the good times, when things seem seemingly easy for us, that it's real easy for a Christian to shout out, yeah, God, you're good, you take care of me. But in the midst of a trial, in the midst of being in an ugly place, can you still praise God? Not opening your mouth and complaining, man, my kids are just jacked up, they're rebelling against me. Not open your mouth that way, but just open your mouth instead and praise them. God, thank you that you have a plan for my kids. Thank you that you're changing them. Thank you, that not God, that I'm gonna complain about my spouse, but thank you that you're healing our marriage. Not that I'm gonna complain about my health, but thank you that you're giving me a way out. I wonder, is there certain, some certain area in your life where you've become so disappointed and so discouraged that you've started using your mouth not for praising God, but you're using your mouth now to complain about the very circumstance you're in? Uh, I have a couple thoughts, and maybe you write this first thought down because it's important for us to recognize is that when it comes to praise, and the power of praise, okay, when it comes to praise, my praise must proceed my feelings. My praise must proceed my preferences. My praise must proceed how I, I, I expect things to happen. See, my praise has got to come first. My praise to God has got to come first. See, you praise God not because of how you feel, but because he's worthy of being praised. Do you recognize that, that our feelings are not as important as we give them credit for? Man, I'll tell you that I... I I hesitate in even saying that because I know that this is like fighting words for my generation. It's fighting words for, for, for the generation below me to, to say that your feelings aren't that important. It's like, man, you might as well just cussed at my mom because now it's like, what, you're telling me my feelings aren't important? Excuse me? Well, I'm not diminishing your feelings. Your feelings come for a reason. They're like gauges on the dashboard of a car. We have them so we know if there's a problem. It's an indicator. Is there something that needs to be adjusted or changed in my life? Your feelings are important. But here's what I've come to recognize about myself is the same thing we see the psalmist talk about and so many other people in scriptures. I recognize that I'm fickle that uh, one day I can be doing everything right and I can feel great and I'm pumped. I get out of bed, I'm gonna work out, it's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna go to the office, I'm gonna be a good husband, a good father, things are great and I'm gonna praise God today. The very next day I could wake up and be like, oh, I'm tired today. Good Lord, someone bring me some coffee, right? Like I just, I don't know, I don't feel like it. And it, here's what I know is my, my emotions can go on a roller coaster where if I were to just praise God on the days that I felt like it, I'm ignoring the fact that though I'm a person and my feelings always change, he's God and he never changes. His faithfulness to us has never changed. On all the days that I haven't been faithful to him, he's still faithful to me. 
on, on all the days that I haven't been good to him, he's still good to me. And see, we've got to get this in our head that our praise has to proceed our preference because if we don't get this, you get stricken with the disease of me, the disease of making my praise all about what I want and what I feel. And you've, you've met people and you've probably experienced it yourself when you get struck in with the disease of me. It's when you go, oh, I don't know. I don't feel like going to church today. I just, I just don't even know. It's like, because last week, you realized last week I went to church and I was ready to praise. I was ready to get there. And I looked down and could you believe it? Someone sat in my seat. That is my, I've been sitting in that seat for 10 years. I've been sitting there. They had the gall, the nerve, and the audacity to sit where I've been sitting this whole time. And then, uh, then it was so crowded in the children's ministry. I had an appointment at the Applebee's and I missed the appointment at the Applebee's because I couldn't find my kids because there's so many kids in the children's ministry. And I wanted to sing my songs, but they didn't sing my songs. So I just wasn't feeling it. I'm like, wait a minute, when did praising God ever have anything to do with you? Like when, because I, church, I'm not pointing the finger at anyone in here. I'm pointing the finger at myself because I can tell you I struggle with this. I just don't feel it today. That's why sometimes we, we start a service off and we're like, we're gonna hit the pause button for a moment because it's easy to come in here carrying all the way to the world and carrying all the stuff that you got going on, the argument you just had with your spouse in the car on the right here. And, and, and it's important for us to just stop for a moment and go, listen, all of these things are temporary. All these things are changing, but he is not. So he is gonna be praised whether or not I feel like it. He's gonna be praised and glorified whether or not I participate in it. So I should participate in it so I can experience the same change and blessings that other people are gonna to experience today. I wanna to be a part of that plan, not my fickle feelings plan. And see, when we praise God and we sing about him, what we're doing is, you realize, I mean, this is kind of a simple thing to say, but you recognize when we talk about the attributes of God, we're not telling God about himself because he forgot who he is, right? God's not in heaven going, oh really, that's cool. That's, I didn't know. Like we don't tell the heavens about the heavens. When, when we sing about God, what we're doing is we're reminding ourselves of who he is. We're, we're preparing ourselves in order to be able to handle the greatness of God, in order to be able to handle what he has prepared for us. Because if, if I'm just to, you know, singing my songs and not even connected to them, I'm not recognizing that the words that are coming out of my mouth are a confession of something that I will experience. This goes back to the complaining versus the praising. Like the, the confession that comes out of your mouth is going to be something that you experience. So if you continue to complain about your job, your job is going to continue to be an experience that is something that you would want to complain about. If you continue to praise God about your job, your job is gonna to continue to become something that you would want to praise God about. So when we sing things like hallelujah, you have won the victory. Hallelujah, you have done this all for me. When we say those words in the middle of being in a midnight, in the middle of being in a prison, in the middle of being in a fight with your spouse, when you're saying, God, thank you that you've won the victory. What I'm doing is I'm saying, I'm preparing myself to understand that you've already won the victory. So as ugly as this feels, I know you're gonna get me out of this. I know that you're gonna take me through it. So hallelujah that you've done this for me. I'm getting in line with what, with what God wants for my life. I'm getting in line with his blessings for my life. So. 
What I want to do um, is I want to give you two points, two reasons to praise God before we finish our service by joining in with praise in him together today. And these are two things that, man, there's a million reasons. There's more than that, reasons to praise God. But, but just two today because these are important for you to, to have because you might need these someday. You might need to look back and, and really you might not need them today, but you might need to store them for later. Just keep this in your pocket for later. It's like a couple of years ago when my girls were in elementary school, it was the, like the first cold day of the fall. So we went into their closets and got their jackets out for the first time in months. And Kayla puts her jacket on and she sticks her hand in her pocket and she looked in there and went, oh, a Snickers and opened it up and started eating. I'm like, whoa, how old is that? She's like, I had a surprise and I didn't even know I saved it in here for later. Well, this is good stuff that you might just need to put in your pocket, save it for later, okay? But two, two reasons to praise God. Number one, he's already done more for you than you think he has. He's already done more for you than you think he has. I, sometimes I can get stuck in this place where I just look at exactly where I am now. And, and I'm thinking, well, I want to change this and that and this about me. And I want to see this change and that circumstance change. And since I'm looking forward, I could forget about everything that he's already done for me. And really, if we go back and we rehearse God's track record in our life, every one of us in this room, you can look back and see how God has changed you. You can look back to a time where you weren't even interested in going to church. You can look back on a time where you, there, you were struggling in some area. Maybe you were in some sort of an addiction. Maybe whatever it was for each person in this room, you can look back and see, wow, God has been faithful. Even though I haven't, he's continued to bless me. So one of the things we need to continue to do is rehearse the fact that God has already done more for you than you think he has. And then the second thing is God will do more for you than you think he will. Your God is faithful and he wants to bless you and he is good and he has a plan for you that, that, that is for good and not bad to, to give you a hope in the future. Your God wants to do more for you than you can even imagine. How is it that I can say this? Well, I can say this because God said this. In Ephesians chapter three, verse 20, we see that the Bible says this, it says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is work within us. Did you catch that? He's able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. I'm here to, to just express to some, someone in this room today needs to understand you can't even imagine what God wants to do for you. You can't even imagine how much he wants to bless you. So I'm here to encourage you parents that, that God wants to do more for your kids than you're even asking him for. That, that God wants to do more in your marriage than you are even asking him for. And where you've been praying about your business, you're not praying big enough because God wants to do more for you than you can even imagine to ask him for. And when we look at the fact that our God loves us that much, and we just take a moment and pause and say, you know what, he's done more for me than, I, than I've even given him credit for, and he's gonna do more for me than I've even imagined. We recognize that type of love deserves to be praised. And this all comes to a point where we recognize, just like Paul and Silas, they didn't even understand what God was gonna do for them when they praised. Did you think they, for a moment, they're like, certainly when we start praising, all these chains are gonna fall off and the guards are gonna come in here and get saved and we're gonna have like a revival church here in prison. It's gonna be awesome. 
No, they, they were in a difficult time and they said, I recognize that even though I don't feel like it, he deserves to be praised. So church, I wanna ask you, would you stand to your feet with me today? Because what we're gonna do is, I, I just recognize in this room, there's a lot of us that we've come in here. And, and if we were just honest, we'd say, you know what? The circumstances of what's going on in my life are difficult right now. In fact, I just wanna ask you to be honest. This is a confession so we can move forward. Not saying I wanna stay here, saying I wanna move forward. How many of you would say, I'm in a midnight type situation right now. I'm in some darkness and, and I feel like there's places that I'm in bondage, it's difficult, and I, I'm not happy about my circumstances. Guys, when we're in these situations, this is when our praise can be the very most powerful thing that we say, regardless of how I feel, my God deserves to be praised and I'm just gonna line up with whatever he wants for me. So I'm gonna pray and we're gonna spend the last 15 minutes of this service worshiping our heavenly father who so deeply deserves our praise. Heavenly father, we love you. We thank you for what you do in our lives. We thank you that you've done more for us than we've even given you credit for and that you will do more for us than we've even imagined. So God, we line up with the fact that even though we might not feel like it, you deserve to be praised. So we will lift our voices. We will praise you. We will worship you because Jesus, you deserve it. You are good. We invite you to come into this place. Meet with us now as we lift your name up. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10, 9. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.